Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition, a special edition, mind you, of the Dizzy Parker Show. I'm Dizzy Parker, and thank you so, so much for joining me this evening. Uh, it's not the afternoon like it usually is. So if you're joining the Dizzy Parker Show for the first time, and because we're at a special time, there might be some of you out there. For you podcast listeners, check it out live on Facebook. But I am Dizzy Parker. I am a musician. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a motivational speaker. And most of all, I am a Christian. And this show is my way to kind of just pile all that together under one umbrella so that I can speak to you on the on the connection that is your mind, your body and your soul, because you don't exist outside of any one of those. And today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm flying off the cuff. I have no notes in front of me. However, if you're if you're on the on the the computer on the computerized device here, you can see my computer right next to me. So, I've got got just a few guidelines to go by. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about people that inspire me. But first, we're going to be talking about uh, the passing of somebody that does inspire me. He won't be on the list, but he deserves special mention. Rich Piana. He's a bodybuilder and, and a YouTube sensation, a social media sensation. And uh, he was a pretty rich guy. No pun intended with the name. Not this time. Uh, but Rich was... He started his career as a bodybuilder, and he became Mr. California in 1998, I believe Wikipedia tells me. He got to a point where he realized he was not cut out for bodybuilding. He put in every day hours and hours and hours of work and attention and detail to to compete on stage for a couple of minutes to win a plastic trophy. That's his own words. And no disrespect to anybody in the bodybuilding world. I've caused a little bit of controversy this week in my gym with a video I put out. But he realized that it wasn't worth all that. He still loved building his body and becoming the absolute best that he could be physically but he didn't want to stand on a stage in, in a mankini and pose for some judges who changed their minds every single competition. They, they decided they wanted to critique this thing versus that thing. And he realized it wasn't for him anymore. Um, he was a really inspirational figure. He popped up on, on the social media about two, three years ago. Yeah, what year is it? 2017. So he showed up in about 2014 in a big way. He worked with uh, Mutant Nutrition, and they sold supplements. They still do, but he no longer worked with them for the last couple of years. He, he represented that brand and decided to branch off and start to do his own thing as he, did, as he gained more followers. And that's... That's a mindset that I've wanted to adopt more and more of over the last few years of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship. There's the word, folks. Um, I never said that it was going to be easy to talk. I just said I would do it. Um, 
But Rich gained more and more popularity over the years. He did bodybuilding expos, and he he gained the respect of a lot more people than just bodybuilders. Even though I discovered him through bodybuilding, uh, I, I'm a YouTube fan as much as I post on YouTube, and I saw Rich in a video with a former pro wrestler, which is what got me into bodybuilding, by the way. And uh, I was like, who is this giant guy? He's pretty smart, but he's giant. Click. And I learned more and more about Rich. And I really respected the guy. He's a little bit, he's a little bit foul-mouthed. So if, if that's not your forte, I don't recommend looking up his videos. But if you don't mind a little language, uh, he's got a lot of motivational things to say. And he talks about how he made his money in a video called The Story of My Success. He's in a bandana with blonde hair uh, rather than his normal jet black hair. So I, if, if you don't mind the coarse language, look that up. He's got a lot of motivational stories that are out there for the world. And he's, he's leaving a legacy behind, not just for bodybuilding, but for life motivation. He's all about doing that extra 5%, which is his brand doing that extra 5% to be the absolute best at what it is you are doing. So now we're going to move into what the people that really inspire me. And I frame all of this because I want to inspire people. I don't have the level of success that these people do, but I feel like everybody watching right now and listening right now probably, probably can share, share a bond with me because we came from the same place. And I think a lot of you out there are probably close to my age. I'm 28. Uh, I'm almost 30. But I feel like we're all on the way up together. And anybody that's not at whatever level I am, higher or lower, I'd still like to be able to motivate you with the things that I've done in life so far. I'm still a young guy, according to the older people that I train. Um, I'm still a young guy, and I've got a long way to go. But if I've achieved any level of success at anything that, you, that you're inspired by, then I've done my job. So the people that inspire me, uh, I'm going to give you three people today. They're not any per, in any particular order, but uh, they're of different walks of life, and they all share a commonality in that they started from nothing. They, they built themselves from the very bottom. You'll also notice that none of these people fit in the Christian mold because the Christian message is not about success. It's not about, it's not about hardships. It's only about sin and redemption. So I'm going to talk to you on a completely uh, secular level, as it were, today. Uh, the first person on the list, again, not any particular order is somebody I discovered when I was just a young fella, about seven or eight years old on the, on the TV. Uh, I remember that first night I was watching, watching WCW Monday Nitro, professional wrestling. Uh, there was this annoying blonde guy, Chris Jericho. 
a little bit about Chris Jericho. He is he is professional wrestler, and he's also um, I guess you could call him a rock star. He's a very successful musician. That he only started he only started playing music uh, full time when he was about. 30, 31, I believe. He started his professional wrestling career at the age of 19. See, this is why I have the computer right here. These are the thoughts that bounce in my head all day long. I think about, I think about these people at random that inspire me, and it reminds me that, oh yeah, <laughs> there's no reason to quit anything because these people uh, had to struggle with the exact same things that you did for longer than you have. So Chris Jericho started professional wrestling at the age of 19, and uh, he started in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, at the Hart Brothers Wrestling School. Now, he, he went to the Hart Brothers Wrestling School, and if you're a wrestling fan, you know Brett, Brett the Hitman Hart, Owen Hart, his younger brother, Jim the Anvil, Knight Hart, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he went to this school hoping that he was going to be trained by the best. Turns out it was run by uh, some of Brett's older brothers that were just trying to get some of the namesake. So already you got a little bit of a challenge there. You're not being trained by, by the famous Stu Hart in the dungeon, but just people that are doing the best they can with what they have. So uh, he didn't get what he expected, but made the best out of it, made friends, and he traveled the world for the next few years. And this was age 19 in 1990. I discovered him seven years after that. And uh, he still wasn't the top. He wasn't the top guy in the company of WCW. Uh, he worked in the, the middle of the card or the, the very beginning of the show to open the show. A lot of people would look at that as uh, being seen as less than, but nevertheless, he kept he kept building himself and promoting himself and doing everything that he could to be taken seriously by the upper management in the company. And then two years after that, he went to the company that that he saw as the top. The World Wrestling Federation, now known as World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. And he was seen as an intruder then because it was a rival company he was coming from. So he was still working from the bottom up. Uh, he was in featured spots on television, but uh, he wasn't respected in the locker room. And Vince McMahon, the owner of the company, if you're not a wrestling fan... Uh, started to see him as somebody who was a know-it-all, was arrogant, and he didn't even see himself that way. So he had to do some internal searching and figure out what he could improve about himself. And through the years, he did that. And uh, in one or two years, he became, he became the next... He were sorry. He became the first unified, undisputed champion. He took the WCW championship and the World Wrestling Federation championship and put them together. Now, as we know, professional wrestling is, um, for lack of a better term, scripted. 
uh, in the business. They call it a work. But that showed that he gained the respect of the office and the people that were that were in charge of putting that championship on the various talents and people that worked there. So nine years in, he finally, he finally achieved what he wanted to. And that, that doesn't even include uh, what he did with training and uh, the ups and downs. He went through all kinds of things. But he always had another dream. He wanted to be... A singer as well. And if we were to go to his music career, let's see, their debut album, uh, Fozzie, came out in 2000. And he wanted to be a musician before he wanted to be a professional wrestler. He played bass in high school and whatnot and uh, never saw any real success at that. But if we were to do the math at that, he started, I said 30, but Age 29, his, his band's debut album came out. So I guess that gives me a little hope, right? Uh, that's honestly one of my fears, that I'm going to be too old for the entertainment industry before I really, really make any strides. Chris Jericho reminds me that it's never too late to start. And it's never, you can never put in too much work this man has made a successful wrestling career and a successful music career side by side. Now, he had to divert his attention here and there to uh, focus on one or the other for a short time, but he's managed to create both and never mix the two. They tried it, didn't work out on TV. So that's Chris Jericho, successful musician, successful professional wrestler, and now he's creating an an entire podcast network, which I listen to all the time. I listen to the Talk is Jericho on Apple Podcasts all the time. Great stuff. He's got good interviews, and he's got really good insights. He's a really smart guy. And if you ever had a preconception about professional wrestlers, this man will break it. He's a genius. Moving on, and since we're talking about musicians, we're going to talk about another person who I have pictures of all over my room because I'm an adult and I can. Uh, I collect I collect all of the Kiss albums. Thanks, Ma. We're going to talk about Gene Simmons. That's not his birth name. He was he was an immigrant from Israel. Um, he was born in 1949. He is 68 years young right now. Gene Simmons. He he was an immigrant here. His mother was was a Holocaust survivor, and uh, she came here with who knows who knows how little money. Call it nothing. Uh, they lived in a ti- and this is just off the dome right here. They lived in a tiny apartment in New York City, and she worked all day and all night just to afford that. His dad was stuck in Israel, so it was just them here in Manhattan. And Gene fell in love with music, fell in love with the Beatles, and wanted to uh, be like his hero, Paul McCartney, so he started playing bass. And then over time, he became a teacher. 
And let's just see exactly how old he was when he when he started KISS, because if you're a teacher, you got to put some time into that, too. So let's see here. Personal life. I'm, I've got Wikipedia right here, just as a quick reference point. Nope, we got nothing. But I know that KISS, Kiss became the main focus in 1976, and that's not even counting... Um, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley's first band called Wicked Lester. They were trying to ride the trends of the time of glam rock, and that didn't quite work out. Some of those songs became, became the songs on the first Kiss album. So there's a lesson to be learned in that. Uh, if your, your first venture doesn't go the way that you plan it to, there's no reason to assume that that's your last shot. You learn the lessons from that, and you keep going. And in, through the 70s, uh, if anybody out there was around in the 70s, you can confirm or deny any of these statements. But through the 70s, KISS wasn't exactly the, the number one band in the world. Uh, they were kind of, they were kind of uh, an underground band. They were not the mainstream uh, they were, I'm trying to look for my word, but it's just not coming to me. But they were for a select group of people, the nerdy types, which I guess that's why I identify with them. They're counterculture, kind of. They're, the, they're not the normal look of musicians and entertainers. They paint their faces and they have massive stage shows and blow, and Gene blows fire on stage. Um, and drools blood, but that enter entertainment aspect inspired the heck out of me and made me want to be larger than life, even at a very, very young age. Uh, I guess you could say that that's what led to my, led to my character change, as, as it were. Uh, but uh, through Kiss's career, Gene... Gene wanted to pursue other things, and some of them worked, some of them didn't. He tried out acting, and you can find his movies in a dollar bin somewhere. He didn't do a lot of acting, um, or should I say he didn't do a lot of successful acting, but he tried his hand in it, and uh, he started businesses, and uh, he, had, he always had that American dream mindset that his mother came to this country with nothing and built herself and supported her and her son from absolutely nothing. And he found ways to make money all through the decades. He, he owns the money bag symbol that you can see in Monopoly, the little bag with a dollar sign, because he saw the opportunity. Uh, he <clears throat> recently tried to trademark the hand symbol that he uses on stage. Not to be confused with the heavy metal devil horns, but uh, it's more like the I love you from, uh, I don't know what the language is, but it's hand sign language for deaf people. Um, that's the sig symbol he uses. He wanted to put it on clothing. Didn't quite work out. But he's 68 years old and he's still, still making strides. If you ever watched Gene Simmons' Family Jewels, he picked up on another trend in reality TV, and that went pretty well for him. And you could see a lot of his business ventures there. I think 
that he was buying into uh, uh, an artificial insemination for for bulls and cows one time. This it's just the opportunistic way that Gene Simmons is. He inspires me. Is my point. He sees the opportunities and he rolls with them. I think that's pretty fantastic for a boy who came to this country as really, really young uh, with absolutely nothing. But talking about another person who came to this country with just a dream and a prayer, kind of like I came to New York with a dream and a prayer, kind of tying it back to the very beginning with uh, the passing of Rich Piana, uh, another bodybuilder that most people have at least heard of and can probably do the impression of, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He came to this country barely speaking English, but he was a successful bodybuilder from the age of like 14, I think. I know 16, there's pictures floating around of him. He's already a champion bodybuilder. Um, but he... He, he became a champion at a very young age because he was willing to push himself and do whatever it took. And then he came to America and started tackling, tackling the world stage. And you can see another, it's 1974 or 76, a movie called Pumping Iron. If you're not familiar with it, that's when he really started to make waves in the world he had already tackled bodybuilding and he was doing one last show and he hit he already knew he wanted to dig into acting and this was his opportunity using what he knew to to build upon and become something greater and to pursue his next goals and that was let me see what wikipedia has to say uh, Mr. Olympia, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times he was a first place winner. And uh, it was 1976 that Pumping Iron came out. So it was the 75, 75 Mr. Olympia. And then after that, he did a terrible movie called Hercules, Hercules in New York. I own the movie. I love it because it's so bad. My point in saying that is that your first ventures into things are not going to be fantastic. You have to learn from your mistakes and learn from your failures, just like I have tons and tons of times in life. Um, I've misspoken a lot. I've tried things that didn't work out. I've pursued the wrong opportunities and I've learned something each time. And I hope that you can do the same thing. I want to inspire people to do that. I'm not a celebrity. I'm just a guy who's willing to speak and willing to turn my stories into things that hopefully you can use in your life. But Arnold Schwarzenegger went on to become one of the biggest, biggest action heroes of the, I guess it started in the 90s. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to keep referring to the computer here, but um, the 80s and the 90s, let's just lump it all together. 
because um, I want I want this to come off just the way it bounces through my head. Hopefully not quite as disorganized, but but as real as it as I think about it on a daily basis, and I do mean a daily basis. Um, Arnold became one of the biggest action heroes of the 80s and 90s. And then, being a non-natural-born citizen of the United States, he became the governor, I believe twice elected, of California. And he was a Republican governor in California, which is a very, very liberal state. Um, That just shows the work ethic he put in to make sure that he presented his political views in a way that people could understand and relate to and want to vote for him. So a non-natural citizen of the country becomes a, a governor in the United States. That's pretty inspirational in itself. And then... After that, in, uh, in his, I believe he was in his 60s by the time he came back to acting in the, the, just, just as good as the best shape of his life, uh, it, he showed back up in The Expendables and a few other movies, and then you can check your local red box to find the rest of those movies. Um, the theater industry isn't what it used to be, but he still jumped back into acting where he left off. And now uh, you can say that all the stories that he's been able to put together through his life was from the bottom. Now you're here just like that Drake song. Uh, But because all of my batteries are running low, I'm going to tie the show all together by saying that, that, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chris Jericho, Gene Simmons, Rich Piana, all of these figures from different walks of life that started at different levels of success and built onto it to achieve their dreams and the goals that they set out to. All of these people have one thing in common and the same thing in common with you. They worked for it. And nothing came easy to any of them. Like, it's not going to come easy to you. It's not going to come easy to me. But we all have to learn from our mistakes and work, 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 work. I'll leave you with one of my favorite quotes from Arnold Schwarzenegger. I saw it on a YouTube video where he was, where he was talking to a crowd doing a big seminar. And he said, a lot of you... Uh, Sleep eight hours a day, but I see it's a bad Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. It doesn't work, but I'm going to keep doing it anyway. A lot of you sleep eight hours a day, but I say uh, you can do it in six. Do it faster. That way you have more hours. Moi. That's, that's an Arnold Schwarzenegger word. Yeah. In other words, make use of every minute, every hour that you have at your disposal and Make sure that every step you take is forward. Don't go backward. Don't look backward. I ripped out my rearview mirror so I can't look behind me. So I'm going to say on this special edition of the Dizzy Parker Show, cheers to you and uh, may all of your endeavors be successful. 
Once again, I've been Dizzy Parker. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Check me out on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, at the Dizzy Parker. And uh, I'd like to hear from you on the people that inspire you. So leave me a comment here. Uh, or you could do it on Instagram or Twitter or whatever you feel like doing. I want to know who inspires you and tell me about them so I can look them up and just become more inspired to hopefully be a more influential person in this world. Until next time, I've been Dizzy Parker.